Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Jeremy Corbyn has declared that he lives rent-free in the head of our latest Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak. Funny, funny thing to say. Let's have a listen. He gave a wholly inaccurate representation of the 2019 election manifesto, which he must have been fully well aware of because he took part in many debates concerning the content of that manifesto during the election campaign. Could you guide me, Mr Speaker, on how um, the Prime Minister could correct the record, and if I'm going to live rent-free in his head, at least he could accurately reflect what I, what I think and what I say, rather than um, inventions made up by him or his office. Ooh, a ghost is haunting British politics. It is the ghost of Jeremy Corbyn. What is that about this bearded allotment dweller that so obsesses politicians and media outlets alike long after he stopped being leader of the Labour Party? Now, I mean, I say this because any time, for example, I criticise the current leader of the Labour Party, my mentions get bombarded with an army of his dedicated and, I'm not going to lie, quite tedious fans. Um, and they're like, ooh, you want Corbyn back? Why are you so obsessed with Corbyn? Why do you love Corbyn so much? Why don't you marry Jeremy Corbyn? Which is like, well, I didn't mention him. You just you just mentioned him. In fact, you mention him all the time in my mentions. I, I think maybe just respond to criticisms of, say, Keir Starmer on their own terms, if you can, rather than just going on about Jeremy Corbyn all the time. But it is, you know, it's Jeremy Corbyn. It's Corbyn derangement syndrome. I suppose that's what we're talking about. Now, I think what's instructive is the current Tory strategy is to try and tie Keir Starmer to supposedly doomed... Uh, monstrously unpopular left-wing policies. That's why the ghost of Jeremy Corbyn keeps being invoked by Rishi Sunak, which we are led to believe were permanently buried by the 2019 uh, Tory victory. Now, I think it's important to separate the policies, left-wing policies, if you like, or radical or transformative policies, whatever you want to call them, um, with the to separate them from the politico-media obsession with the figure of many times winner of the parliamentary beard of the year actually Jamie Corbyn um an, an accolade which I think doesn't get the appreciation it deserves uh not something well I'm not an MP but I'm no danger of winning it whatever you think about Labour's disastrous 2019 defeat though you know no one knocking on doors listening to voters who are like nah, I'm not very Labour no one heard them say do you know what I would vote Labour, but I just don't support hiking taxes on rich people. I just think they have it ever so hard. Leave them alone. Those poor, oppressed, rich people. Don't don't tax them. Or, for example, I'm just too emotionally attached to my privatised railway system. I just love being ripped off with just completely chaotic train times that they never turn up and I have to stand overcrowded with someone's armpit in my face for several hours. Um, or, for example, I just love being ripped off by energy companies and just do not actually go anywhere near their shareholders who deserve their, their dividends. Or I could, I could go on. I think, you know, young people actually deserve to be saddled with monstrously large amounts of debt because they dare to dream to university education. These were not things people heard on the doorstep. Whatever you think about the reasons for the defeat of Labour, it wasn't because of them. And that's obviously what Rishi Sunak is trying to do, to tie unpopular policies with, with what left-wing policies, supposedly, what happened. Now, we might disagree 
those of us, you know, you watching or listening to this, with how much the defeat was caused by what I would describe as a nightmare culture war unleashed by Brexit, which tore apart Labour's electoral coalition, leaving Labour at the time in what I would describe as, frankly, an impossible position, um, because overwhelmingly its membership voted for Remain. Um, most of its voters also voted for Remain, but its Leave voting voters were concentrated in marginal seats, which Labour needed to keep um, or to win in order to have any chance of, of forming a government. And they were torn between the two. And increasingly, as the Remain majority asserted itself as the voter, as as, as the electorate polarised over Brexit throughout particularly uh, 2018 and, and 2019, Labour was dragged, obviously, further into a position of supporting a, a new referendum. Um, it also, you know, what it did is strip Jamie Corbyn of the asset, which I think really came to the fore in the 2017 election, which is, you might not agree with him, but he says what he means and he means what he says. And because Brexit dominated everything rather than the left-wing policies, actually, which were popular in the 2017 general election, which was not supposed to talk about the 2017 general election. I know Labour didn't win, but Labour had its biggest surge in votes since 1945, uh, won 40% of the vote compared to the Tories 42%, and is the only time since 1997 that Labour has increased its seats. Um, but we're not we're not supposed to talk about that or draw any lessons from that about whether that was a step in the right direction. But those those policies and ideas in the year in the two years after that, two and a half years after that, suddenly were completely airbrushed out of existence because everyone was just talking about Brexit all the time. And because Labour was increasingly dragged into a different position um, from accepting the referendum results to supporting a new referendum, whatever you think about whether that was a good or bad thing, because it was dragged by, by political gravity in that way, it made Jeremy Corbyn look less like a man of principle and conviction, um, which is, you know, as I said, was his, one of his main assets, I suppose, um, as, as elite, well, it was, let's be honest. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. No, we might disagree too about the way the media onslaught, which portrayed him as some terrorist loving hater of Britain and all the rest of it played its role but you know we can also discuss mistakes made by the Labour leadership I wrote an entire book which in which I tried to do that but what I'm trying to do is detach all of that from the policies because those policies were not the the, the cause of of the terrible route they were the cause I would say of Labour's surge in votes in 2017 you know those policies which were very popular in 2017 didn't suddenly become unpopular and the polling shows that that whether it be taxing the rich or nationalisation of key utilities, even Tory voters support many of those ideas. In fact, a majority of Tory voters. 
And actually, those policies have become more relevant than ever because look at the energy crisis. I mean, the privatised model is more clearly, more starkly obvious in terms of its failures than, than ever before. Look at the railways, the state of the railways. Even the government since the 2019 election has had to increase state control in the railways because the privatised model is so screwed over. Look, look at student debt in terms of how young people have got screwed over because, you know, they formed, rightly, a cordon sanitaire around older people during the COVID crisis many of them paying through the nose tuition fees while often during COVID, you know, just having basically lessons on Zoom. Um, but, you know, how young people have still got screwed over over and over again and, you know, how student debt eats into their living standards as well as anything else, I think is, is really more relevant than ever. Um, in terms of workers' rights, we've seen, obviously, trade unions organising um you know, across the board because of the fall in living standards. So the role of trade unions in terms of securing workers a better standard of living, given they create the wealth, which then ends up in the pockets of a tiny few, um, you know, in terms of trade union and workers' rights, those are more relevant than they were, for example, in 2019. And finally, I mean, taxing the rich now, given... <laughs> you know, the catastrophe of Liz Truss's attempt to cut taxes on the rich. Now even the Tories are increasing corporation tax. Um, but also this, you know, supposed black hole in the finances, which I think is very much dependent on how you define the fiscal rules and all the rest of it. But nonetheless, rather than cutting public services, now there is clearly a stronger argument for increasing taxes on income and wealth for those who are doing very well than there was in 2019. Those policies are more relevant than ever. So I think... Obviously, the Tories should be confronted head on with an unapologetic defence of policies that are just as radical as the crises affecting Britain are severe. Now, obviously, Rishi Sunak's attacks on Keir Starmer are nonsense because, sadly for you and I, for those of you who agree with me, many of you, I'm sure, watching or listening to this won't, but nonetheless, for those of you who do, you know, Keir Starmer is not a closet left winger. He's not a closet Corbynite. He's not going to suddenly become Prime Minister and rip off the mask and there will be Jeremy Corbyn with his his clipped beard, not going to happen. Um, it, what Keir Starmer did do is stand in the leadership election of 2020, pretending to be a continuity Corbyn candidate uh, with a series of radical domestic policies borrowed from the Corbyn era in which he described the 2017 manifesto as Labour's foundational document and then he repudiated it, which was an act of terrible was, was deceit. You might think to yourself, well, politics is terrible and dirty. You've got to lie in order to win. I don't agree with you. I think that's awful, awful uh, kind of degrading of democracy but you know whatever you do you you if you want to be a cynical um hack you know that's your life not mine um i obviously will disagree with you in terms of standing by honesty integrity and politics i'm afraid um uh, but in any case you know that's what he did and that leaves him open to attacks because clearly he was you know they can say well you clearly stood on a corbynite manifesto so obviously you're closet corbynite I mean, it's not some sort of like QAnon conspiracy, is it? It's not some weird, wild conspiracy theory to try and pin that on Keir Starmer. Obviously, the, the real argument is, was Keir Starmer, you know, because he served under Jeremy Corbyn in his shadow cabinet, backed him to become prime minister, was that something he didn't really believe? Um, and he was just biding his time to become, because he thought it a better position to be leader of the Labour Party. None of the answers there are good for him, are they? But in any case, in terms of the whole political elite, Rishi Sunak's attacks... A nonsense given these policies are popular and transformative as for Keir Starmer well he's opened himself up to these attacks because well of his cynical deceitful record I'm afraid not a fan of the political elite as a whole I know that angers some of you but my job is to tell the truth and our political elite suck um but the argument for these are radical ideas are 
I'm more in need of the, than ever. So Corbyn can live rent-free in Rishi Sunak's head. Um, but I think it's for all of us to make the argument for policies which are more salient than they were before. Thanks for watching, as ever. Please like, subscribe. I'll see you next time. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.